When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm your host, Toby Cudworth, and I'm joined for a shorter but no less interesting two-man show by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey. Second week of the show for us, but plenty of links keeping us busy. Uh, We've also seen an end to a couple of our longer-running transfer sagas, Pau Torres, Vitor Roque, Christian Pulisic, all completing their moves over the last couple of days. Though still no confirmation at the time of recording of Declan Rice's £105 million move to Arsenal, but we are expecting that in the coming hours. And by the time you listen to this podcast, he may have been unveiled as a Gunners player. Graham, happy Friday to you. How are things? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I'm golfing soon, so looking forward to that. But plenty of transfers to keep it going. It's it's non-stop at the minute, isn't it? It really is. It is. And on the menu today, we're going to talk more about Harry Kane, Spurs and Bayern Munich in particular. We're also going to get into the futures at Liverpool of Jordan Henderson, Fabinho and Thiago, the Reds' interest in Levi Colwell, and emerging interest in Moises Caicedo. And we'll also discuss some activity at Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester City. And we might do a little bit of PSG as well. But before we get into it, a quick reminder to please subscribe to the show on all of your major podcast platforms so you can keep up to date with all of the latest transfer stories and to follow us on our social channels at Toby underscore Cudworth and at Graham Bailey on Twitter at Graham B Bailey if you're a user of threads and at 90min underscore football for all of the 90min social channels. You can also read all of the stories that we're going to discuss today on the website at 90min.com forward slash talking transfers. So let's get into it, shall we, Graham? And we'll kick off with Harry Kane, a staple of this podcast, I think it's fair to say, for the last few weeks and months. Only one year left on his Tottenham contract. We've been talking about what he might do all summer long. Bayern Munich, two bids already rejected, but they're not going away in their pursuit of England's captain. What's the latest? No, we did a piece earlier in the week, Toby, that um, a record third bid is being lined up. Um, our colleague Sean Walsh did that, and yeah, they are looking to make a record offer. Current record, is it Lucas Hernandez. I always get the two confused. Lucas Hernandez is the record about eighty-five million. Around about that, eighty million euros, I think, rings a bell for Lucas Hernandez. So yeah. So yeah, that they're going to beat that. They're going to third bid, but the interesting stuff with Harry Kane emerged last twenty-four hours, where Daniel Levy it was confirmed by club sources that he did meet a Bayern Munich delegation on Thursday. That included Bayern CEO Jan Christian Driessen, who came to London. Obviously, 
Spurs insistent came wasn't the only point of, dis- of discussion, but he was discussed. Um, but we are led to believe that at that meeting there was no no offer made by Bayern at that point. But as well, Levy made it clear there was no price. Um, he wasn't he wasn't meeting him to discuss a deal. Um, he wasn't inviting a deal. And yeah, we don't look too too much further on following these talks, Toby. But it, it and Levy in the last week as well has made it clear to Kane's camp. Just the sort of ballpark deal. He's made Moy be one of the best players players in Europe if he decides to sign a new deal. He's laid out to his camp the plans for the future. There was obviously the meeting with Andrew Postacoglu, which we're led to believe went well, although I'm not sure we'd, we'd hear if it went badly too much. Uh, but it went well. He's going to go on this Asian, pan Asian Pacific tour, um, um, down, starting in Australia. Um, He's, he's going on that hurricane. He's guaranteed him he's going on that. So he's not really... I, I You do wonder, Toby, if he was really going to agitate for this, would he be part of this tour? Kane isn't really like this, but we saw it with City. I said, I, I firmly believe that they won't be saying. I think Levy's going to take the gamble uh, and go with this. But as I said, Bayern are not giving up. Thomas Tuchel, as we've reported before, is driving this. He's trying for it. Bayern are doing an awful lot. Um, I think they're going to give us. A, a, they're going to try for him for at least another few weeks before switching their attentions elsewhere, which they, will, they might have to do. I think that's the big thing for a lot of Tottenham fans probably listening to this podcast: is Harry Kane going to push like he's done previously? We've not really seen anything like that. We've been talking about his future for months, but no real clamour and agitation, as you say. Certainly not in the public domain. If Spurs were to offer Harry Kane a new contract then, which was obviously the plan, what kind of finances do you think they're going to need to put on the table for Kane to consider this? We're being told roughly ballpark would be £400,000 a week. That's what Tottenham would be willing to go to. That puts him on, you know, it, would he be the highest paid in the Premier League on that terms? I think he probably would. He's got 350 De Bruyne and, and um, Haaland. Haaland's not quite there yet, but in terms of add-ons, Haaland will be there very soon anyway. But yeah, 350 is round about the, the the ceiling at the moment, isn't it? I think he would be the first £400,000 a week player in the Premier League. So that's a big deal. Um, and so he should be if he's going to stay. So yeah, I, I think he'd be happy to hear that, Harry Kane, in, in those terms. So um yeah, um, I think Tottenham fans would be happy to hear that, that Levy would be willing to go to that extent. Worst case scenario, say Bayern did come up with a suitable offer. Say they did throw £100 million at Daniel Levy and for whatever reason he chooses to accept that. What is Spurs' next move up front? Would it be a case of moving for somebody in the transfer market or is this the window of opportunity for Richarlison perhaps to prove his mettle down the middle? Because they've got a lot of options on the wing, haven't they, Spurs? They've got Son, they've got Kulisevsky, they've brought in Solomon this summer. Mm. Where does Richarlison really fit into this pattern at Spurs? I mean, we've spoken already about a change of shape, most likely at Tottenham, so they might be playing 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1. Would Richarlison have a bigger role to play at Spurs, in your opinion, if Harry Kane did go? I think only Ange Postacoglu can could answer that really, Toby. Whether he rates him as a player, I think he could do that role, no doubt about it. We see, you know, this is Brazil's number nine. He did it at the World Cup, and he did it very well actually. He led the line well. I don't see any reason why not. I think they would want another one anyway. If Kane did leave, it wouldn't surprise me out there. I don't think they'd be spending. 
much uh, the more of his money if they did sell him on on a replacement. But I think they would allow him to bring a replacement in. But yeah, I think that would be an ideal opportunity for Richarlison to come through to. I don't see why not. Um, it'd be and I think it's a fascinating conversation to be had about Richarlison. See how Angie's going to use him in this coming season if if Kane stays. I think the only thing that would stick out in Spurs' minds is that Richarlison only scored one Premier League goal last season, I believe. But mm. it can only get better, and a lot of those appearances were the, were from the bench. But we'll move on from Harry Kane, but we'll stay on the theme of captains, and we'll certainly stay on the theme of England players. Let's talk about Jordan Henderson at Liverpool. Steven Gerrard desperately wants to take him to Saudi Arabia. He's the new manager of Al Etifak. Remarkably, this isn't something that's out of the question, Graham. I think many people assumed that Jordan Henderson would not like, would not look, sorry, to take up this move, but not necessarily the case. He's considering this offer, and it could lead to a big change at Liverpool. Yeah, I thought you were going to say surprisingly not a piff team, Toby. We <laughs> well, also, also that, also yeah. That. Uh, well, if we look back to when Gerard was appointed, we actually um, we actually were told in our story and we put this in, that Henderson would be a target for him. But we were also told, I was told by sources, that Henderson wouldn't really consider it this year because he didn't want to put his England career at risk. However, things have progressed. Etifak have, have, have put to, an, an offer together worth £100,000 a day, tax-free if he stays in for 18 months to two years. And I've seen it described as life-changing money, and you know, if he's if he's already a multi multi millionaire, how much is life changing money? Um, it is a lot of money. Gerard, I think Gerard's playing a key part of this, and Henderson is thinking about it, and it has caught us a bit by surprise the fact he's thinking about it. You know, Liverpool haven't really had an official bid yet, but they're they're allowing the player to make this decision. If he really wants to go, they won't stand in his way. Yeah, he's not going on a free transfer. So it's my belief that they want twenty million pound for him, which. If Etifak, if if you're going to pay someone a hundred thousand pound a day, I don't think a twenty million pound transfer fee is beyond the realms of fantasy for them. And and it's one of a few players to want. You know, we've done a piece. Sadio Mane's on Gerard's list as well. Coutinho, he's really getting his Liverpool band together. Um, and why and why not? Because he he did and he did he did hint at this Toby, didn't he? When on his when he was unveiled, he's he wanted to create a fam a family feel. So why not? He needs to bring players in who he feels his family. He knows these players well. You know, um, so Henderson's really intriguing. Um, and obviously, in terms of Liverpool, they've got other issues as well. Fabinho is wanted in Saudi, Thiago. It's a fascinating situation at Liverpool. On Henderson himself, I'm on the fence as to whether he's going to accept. The people I'm talking to think he's going to accept, Toby. They really do. Um, that's purely opinion at the moment. There was reports that he'd agreed terms yesterday. Mm. Um, I had that confirmed. I had that confirmed, and people close to Liverpool not confirming that. Um, talks are still ongoing. He was still talking to Jurgen Klopp yesterday, so it's a fascinating situation. If I was a betting man, I think he's edging towards going, though, Toby, as it stands right now. Do you think Liverpool, deep down, don't actually mind that because twenty million pounds potentially for a player who's thirty-two, thirty-three years old? That's not a transfer fee that Liverpool would ordinarily have received for Henderson. The same with Fabinho. We'll touch on him a little bit more in a second. Aliti had managed by former Wolves boss Nuno Espirito Santo leading the charge for him. But again, Fabinho is a player who's had a difficult 12 to 18 months. Liverpool might have got to a situation where they found it difficult to shift him 
for a decent fee, but suddenly these offers are now forthcoming. It wasn't in Liverpool's plans to do this, but is this too good an opportunity for the club to to not accept bids and completely overhaul their midfield? I totally agree with you. I think FSG are looking at this now, thinking we can make money on Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago, and we can also clear their entire wage packet. There's none of this paying 50%, which I think for Fabinho and Thiago, they probably thought we'd have to pay half their wages to get them off a wage bill in a year's time. They can clear the decks here. And Liverpool have already brought Alexis McAllister and Dominic Zobersley in. Um, and interestingly, I, w- I was talking to someone else, I found they were pointing out, but you've got Curtis Jones there, you've got Harvey Elliott, Stefan Batacic. This isn't the same situation as Chelsea. They've actually got some experience. I know they're young, but th- between them three, for instance, they've probably played, started well over 100 Premier League games. They Actually, I don't think Liverpool are in desperate. I think they'll, they'll want another one anyway. But it's interesting to say, I think they get rid of those three and then use the money. Romeo Lavia is a player we know we talked about. I, I, I said on last time's last week's pod or the one before that Romeo Lavia could end up being the most in-demand player in the Premier League, and it's it, it's teeing up lovely for him at the minute. All these teams are wanting these wanting him, and we've also done a piece today talking about um, Moses Caicedo. There's murmurings of which I confirmed this morning that Liverpool are looking at that situation, and. It, wouldn't he make all the sense in the world if you could get rid of those three players? If if FSG are probably saying to you and Klopp now, saying, look, we'll take this money, but you can have a replacement. And he's going to be on a fraction of the wages. So it's no surprise to me to hear them linked with Moises Caicedo. Whether the match Chelsea's ambition and got 100 million, maybe not, but you've got Gravenberch, Lavia, as we mentioned, Manu Kone, Gladbach, although he's a bit injured. Two Ram as well. There's lots of options out there for Liverpool. I think they've done the homework because they've been busy on the homework, Toby, on the midfield front. Nobody knows more about this midfield across Europe and the world than Liverpool. So I, I think FSG, so I, I think if they could, they'd be booking a minibus now and getting those three to the airport. I really do. As you say, at least half a dozen options there for Liverpool to consider in midfield if the players that we've talked about there do leave. Um, Liverpool also have their eye on another central defender, Graham. Levi Colwell spent last season on loan at Brighton and Hove Albion. Wasn't in the team initially, forced his way into the side, was really, really good for the second half of the season. Has just played a leading role for England at the under-21 European Championships that England have won. Chelsea don't want to sell. Brighton were willing to make him their record signing and that's kind of fallen by the wayside. But Liverpool think there's something in this, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, I'm understanding, Toby, at Liverpool, there's a bit of a confidence there, we're told, that Liverpool think they can get him out. Levi Colwell is a Chelsea product, but he is very unsure that he's going to get a chance at Chelsea. You know, he's. if you read what he said, he, he wants to be playing. He, he knows if he joins the club and plays, he's going to England. He could even start the Euros. You know, he's one of the players I remember talking when he was at Huddersfield. I saw the potential here, Toby. He's, he's a wonderful player. Um, as is Howard Bellis next to him, who ironically is going to move this summer as well, but not for as much money as Caldwell might. Chelsea don't want him to leave, but you know, they're of this opinion now where if players don't commit the future, they do sell. And Caldwell is refusing to sign this contract, so he does go in that boat. He's 2025, but they don't want anyone there who's not going to commit the future to the club. I think Caldwell quite fancies it. He's told Chelsea, look, he, unless he's playing, he wants to move. Can Pochettino guarantee him at first team players? He's already said he needs to have a look at him. Um, just something in this. 
and I, Liverpool are pushing hard for this. I think Liverpool have really got there's blood in the water, and they can they can they really sense that. And I think Liverpool is their top target now, and they really there is a belief at Anfield that they could get him. This is becoming a very similar situation in a way to Mason Mount. Very close affinity with the club. I know a lot has gone on behind the scenes there, but he too also didn't trust that he was going to be part of that long-term plan. And I think, from my perspective anyway, Graham, correct me if I'm wrong, Mauricio Pochettino has got a lot of work to do with these players to convince them that he can change the culture at Chelsea, that it won't be a revolving door of... 12 to 18 months, new signings coming in. There won't be that fear for your place like there's probably been for, what, six, seven years at Chelsea? So many players come and go or go out on loan. They're, you know, young players not getting the chance. We've we've seen that as well. Yeah, 20, uh, 25 appearances and then shipped out on loan. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, the prime example of a, a player who's come through that academy, clearly blessed with talent, but was never given the chance to show what he could do. Do you think Colwell's looking at those past examples and thinking, hmm, that could be me? I think he's. I think he's looking at players there already as well. Uh, Pochettino doesn't... Will he play a, a three? I'm not sure he will. You know, Poch, he, he, he wasn't a big lover of the three at Tottenham, was he? Off memory serves me right, Toby? He wasn't no, a he, was, lover. he was very much uh, Toby Alderweireld, Jan Vertonghen, were his two starting yeah. centres in the very yeah. set. And so he's got James. So you know, so so Cole will be looking at the situation. Fafana's going to be a long term right hand side. Could you see Cole and Fafana would be brilliant? But will Potts trust them two young players to to be there? He's also got Badia Sheila there. I know he's injured for the start of the season, might not be. He's got Cucurella. I'm not sure Cole will believes Chelsea that he'll get picked ahead of them. And I think that's a situation where. You know, we might have to wait to start a season, but that's why I think Liverpool have confidence. I think behind the scenes, I think Colwell wants to leave. I really do. And not, not because he doesn't like to. I just doesn't I just think it's hundred percent clear of his path to the team, as you say. Well, let's stick with Chelsea. Um where are they at with their Moises Caicedo pursuit? This has been ongoing for weeks, even months. Um how are talks going with Brighton? Yeah, but the two clubs are saying different things. Um, Brighton are really playing this down a little bit. They, they're insisting he'll be on their tour. He'll be on the plane on their tour um, coming up next week. Chelsea are progressing there. You know, they know the player wants to go. Oh, he's agreed to him, but terms with these players are, are really by the by. You know, if Liverpool come in, they're not going to struggle to agree terms with Kaiseido or whoever comes in for Kaiseido, they're not going to struggle to agree terms. That isn't the issue. Obviously, the issue is Brighton want 100 million. Um, Ballpark of Declan Rice, but they know not 100 million down like like West Ham got, but they want the deal overall to be worth 100. So whether that's 70 30, more likely 80 20, I think. But yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see what, how they react to this um, Liverpool news that they had taken a look at the look at the situation. We saw in Manchester United willing, but we knew that was just a tactic from somewhere to get them to do the Mason Mount deal. This Liverpool interest isn't a tactic. And I think Chelsea will know that. They'll look at that thinking, if them three go, Caicedo's perfect for Liverpool. So I think this might get Chelsea going. Um, he's clearly is the number one target. We know that. And yeah, um, it hasn't progressed though much from last time we talked, Toby. Not the only player, though, that Chelsea are going after. An inquiry made to Leon about a teenage playmaker that we've been talking about for a number of years. I cannot believe that Ryan Church is still 19 he has been in the headlines for that long, but potentially coming to the Premier League, Graham, can Chelsea get this done? 
He's a player to like. Um, it's accelerated in the last few weeks, actually. This one, um, there were linked, there was, there was, there was talks about him when they were talking about Malagusto. Um, the other Leon player who they did the day for in January. Um, Leon were inquiring about Pulisic now at AC Milan, but and and the, and the name Cherky came up again. And my understanding, Chelsea's backroom staff scouts are really pushing for this, they like him an awful lot. It'd be interesting to see um, where we're going. But Chelsea are pushing forward with it, Toby. Will they, will they sign him, believe him there? Will they bring him back? He's a huge talent. Again, it's hard to see where he slots in with the likes of Madwiki and Kunku already there. Um, where, where is the room for him? But he can play. I guess he can play centrally as well as a 10. I, I think it's one that um, Chelsea are hopeful. Yeah, um, I think I think they were linked after Gabri Vega as well, Chelsea. They liked him. I think Turkey is ahead of him now in Chelsea's pecking order. Uh, I firmly believe that. So um, keep in mind, this is a good chance of happening, this one. Um, it's not, not a million miles away in terms of fee. I think they're on 30, 35. So, yeah. Um, Turkey, an interesting player. A lot of people are aware of him. and um, But, Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea really have stepped up in the last two weeks. Matthias Franke, another player Chelsea like, but he's got a lot of rival interest, hasn't he? He has. He's an interesting one. Um, if you remember back to January window, Newcastle liked him a lot. Um, and they failed to get him done. Arsenal quite liked him as well. A lot of these Brazilians, you know, in the market now, Toby, we're talking 10, 15, 20 million. They are relative bargains and they're outstanding young players. Chelsea have already signed Andre Santos um, from Miss Market. We know talks are going over other deals for them. Chelsea are well placed here. Um, there's reports in South America that they may have pulled out because of news speculation that the news that they kept wanting them came out, but I'm not sure I believe that necessarily. They didn't pull out the Kendry Perez deal, the young Ecuadorian, when that came out. Andre Santos, when that news came out, they didn't pull out. I'm not sure why they would do that with Matias Franca now. But Crystal Palace have come in for him as well. Toby would understand that. Um, John Texter, the Palace owner, he has, um, I think he owns a club in Brazil or something like that. Or he has a part ownership there so he knows about this player um and palace need to do a little bit so it's interesting to see them going down this route um but yeah they quite like him whether you know to chelsea sign him loan it with palace i wouldn't rule that out um chelsea and palace probably know each other they're talking about a lot of deals including hudson and Zoya as well um interesting yeah matches frank seems seemingly will follow the trend um of these young players Coming from Brazil, João Gomes, we saw Danilo in January. To miss the list of them, um, we're not even going to probably go top out. Andre, Andre Trindade, the the brilliant Fluminense midfielder, Fulham are going to sign. There's a really these these Premier League clubs are really taking advantage of this Brexit situation. This, this new law that has come in, allowing them basically two wild cards to players who wouldn't qualify for a work permit. The Premier League clubs are going to town on this now. And South America is really where they, they think the um, investment is going. That's where I think the potential value is in the market in South America, Toby. And yeah, um, and, and and obviously we might talk about Arsenal bidding for one as well. It's it's really interesting. But I think Franca, yeah, came, I think he will come to England, just a matter of which one. But I think if Chelsea really push, they'll be hard to beat. Absolutely value for money in that market, as you say. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, you referenced there. Mm-hmm. Is there value for money in teams trying to sign him? And what does he want to do now that he's back at Stamford Bridge? He was on loan at Bayer Leverkusen last year. Didn't really have things his own way by all accounts. Not going to get a look in at Stamford Bridge, is he? 
No, not really. He's, but I don't think he's going to go on the tour. Toby, he's been training away from the first team, so I'd be surprised if he went with them. It, time is now for him to move on. He's on a big contract, but he's only got a year left. Um, I understand in Forest, Everton, Palace, Fulham, all all engaged in talks. There's clubs in France, Germany, Major League Soccer, and the Saudi interest as well. So there is options out there for Hudson Adai. It's up to him where he wants to go, what he wants to do. I think he could end up at any of those options, really. Um, whether he wants to stay in the Premier League, he, he can do. But yeah, he's going to have to take a wage drop, I believe, from what he's on now at Chelsea if he stays in England. Obviously, if he goes to Saudi, he probably gets a wage rise. Um, so we'll see in the next couple of weeks. It'll be fascinating to see what he decides to do um, as a player. But yeah, he, he won't be featuring the Pochettino. And where are we at with Romelu Lukaku and his potential return to Inter? Dragging its heels, isn't it? Interest from elsewhere. Inter want it done. Chelsea want it done. But it's not done. Why, yeah, isn't, in, why isn't it done? Inter driving is a bit crazy in this window, aren't they, in the moment, Toby? We're waiting for them to conclude the Andre Nana deal and the Lukaku buy. Um, probably not not unrelated. You know, they're waiting, maybe waiting for the Nana money in to do something on Lukaku. It's getting there. You know, two clubs can't quite agree a fee of the overall deal. If it's a loan, Chelsea want a mandatory fee into an obligation. Chelsea would want a permanent deal. Lukaku's taking a wage drop. We're eking closer and closer to a deal. Lukaku's rejected Juve and Milan and Saudi Arabia and fair play to him into what he's doing. I, th- I think once Onana's done, I think we might see Lukaku de- get done a bit quickly. I'm just, going to quickly, I'm just going to quickly touch on it, we do hope. Uh, one other player who was at Chelsea last season, I'm just going to run you through a story that Graham put out on 90min.com over the past 24 hours. Jao Felix, back at Atletico Madrid, uh, of interest to Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Atletico willing to sell Felix. Uh, we believe that they're asking for around 90 million euros for him, though. And let's not forget they paid in excess of 120 million euros, Graham. And that was back in 2019. My God, how that? Yeah, it was a huge deal, wasn't it? Um, Louis, Louis Enrique has come in. He's got his own plans. Um, this isn't anything to do with Kylian Mbappe, whether Mbappe stays or goes. They do like Felix. They want him. Louis Campos is progressing with talks. He wants out of Atletico. Atletico want rid. He has been linked with likes of United, Newcastle, over here in England, etc., my understanding, the player doesn't really want to come back on loan. And we already know that loan deal would be so expensive. Chelsea paid £11 million to take him in January without an option and his full wages. It's just a lot of money. I think that they're quite PSG fancy him. They really want him. There's obviously a huge Portuguese contingent at PSG. Remember, Danilo Pereira, Vintinha, Nuno Mendes, Renato Sanchez. It's a real mini Portugal there. And I think he fancies it. And and he might also be joined by Bernardo Silva in the few next few weeks. So just gonna say that Bernardo Silva is another yeah, primary yeah. target. Yeah, it's interesting. Silva, he really wants out with City. We'll talk about City in a minute. He really wants out with City. I think PSG might be option. We've seen Barcelona linked again. I think Silva would love to. We know he wanted to go to Barcelona. That's not gonna happen. So I think um rather than take the Saudi money, because Saudi are pushing for um, Bernardo Silva as well. But I don't. I think he might take the PSG. I think we might see a double Portuguese swoop at PSG. I think João Felix and Bernardo Silva would fit in really nicely there. Well, let's do Manchester City then. Uh, Riyad Mahrez and Emmerich Laporte. We've been speaking about Mahrez for a few weeks, haven't we? Interest from Saudi Arabia. Emmerich Laporte has kind of been on the fringes at City, you'd say, for the last six, nine months. He's had Tottenham look at him in the past. Aston Villa have looked at him. But he's also got interest from Saudi Arabia, Graham. 
what City's stance on selling these two, and what are the what are the will of the players? Yeah, um, Ray Mares, um like we'll actually talk about um, Carl Walker in a minute. We'll just get we'll just get we'll get a news to Toby of the um, possible agreement between Bayern Munich and Carl Walker, who's in the same boat as Ray Mares. Um So if we touch on Walker. We know he, he was unhappy about missing out in the Champions League final. He's been off a new deal at City, but he's not happy. He's been talking with Bayern Munich about a potential deal, and it appears that he might have agreed that deal now. But he's his head and done. Um, they have to agree terms with City. Benjamin Pavard is moved. Hernandez, we know, has gone to PSG. Pavard's moving out, so there is room. Cancelo still hasn't gone anywhere yet. So, Kyle Walker, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll read on 90 minutes the latest on that, but we'll keep an eye on that one. But Maris, I said, is a similar situation, Toby. Again, like Walker, he didn't play in the Champions League final. He also didn't play in the FA Cup final. And that's hurt him a lot. It really has. But with Mares, City really don't want to lose him. Pep doesn't want to lose him. I think they're accepting that Bernardo Silva, they did this last year, didn't they? They said, Silva, wait a year, you can go. I think that's the situation there. Walker, a year left, different. Mares is more than a year left. It's an interesting situation. I don't think they're going to let him out. From what we're hearing, he's agreed. he has agreed terms with Saudi to go there. He does quite want to leave. But with Silva going... I, I think it's very difficult for City to let Maris out. It's my understanding as it stands that City won't let him out. So it's going to be tough. Unlike Laporte, who can go, who, who can go. I think Laporte was hoping for this Tottenham and Villa stuff to materialise. It hasn't. But yeah, I think so. I think Maris, of those two, Maris, I think Maris will find it very hard to get out. I really do. It, no matter what the bid, I don't, City, we know the problem with the Saudis have with City, they don't need the money. They're not looking for the money. They can afford Maris's wages aren't a problem. So that's not a, that's not an issue for them. I think it'd be difficult for Maris to get out. I really do. Can you understand Maris's frustration? Because he's proven himself time and again for City to be a big game player, very much like Bernardo Silva. Maris's record in the Champions League in particular has been outstanding for City. And he's usually been the go-to player for Pep in major finals. Do you think that's why he's so hurt? The fact that he's never really let Pep down in the past and then even this season, or the season just gone, he was really good for City despite being in and out of the team. 100% and it just hurt him a lot not to be involved, not to be involved in it, not to be involved. There was no reason as well for him not to be involved in the FA Cup final, Toby. He could have played that game. They wouldn't have been weakened with him in there. And I think that, that really hurt him. He didn't even come on in Champions League. So I think Pop's got some bridges, bridges to mend there. I really do. Um, it was the same with Carl Walker, he was hurt by it as well. Um, but yeah, um, fascinating situation. I, I, I said, I think he's still got a part to play at City, Maris, and I think we'll see that next year. Let's see how that pans out. We're going to finish with Arsenal, but quickly, let's do a line on Aston Villa, Graham. Mm-hmm. In the Conference League next season, Unai Emery is their manager and they are attracting bigger names or they're looking at bigger names than they've ever done previously. Yuri Tielemann's already in this summer. They want to sign Moussa Diaby, Graham, from Bayer Leverkusen. Will they? Yeah, interesting player. We know a lot about TC. We've covered him since uh, um, last year, last 12 months. He's the target for Newcastle, which we revealed last summer. Newcastle haven't come back in. He's not cheap. He's 50 million. But Aston Villa have made a firm offer. It's been rejected by Bayer Leverkusen. But our understanding is the player quite fancies the move. He quite likes the project. I, I really like this as a target, Toby. You know, we've seen him go for Nico Williams. That didn't work out. Ferran Torres, Ansu Fati, 
not getting out of Barcelona, Marcos Asensio. So we can see the calibre of player they're going for. But I think Diaby, even that with all them, I think Diaby could be the best fit for the Premier League anyway, Toby. I think he's a wonderful player. You know, will they go to 51 million? I think Villa might. They've got the money too. And, you know, I really like where Villa are going. And I think Diaby, you know, he wants to go. They're being linked after Brennan Johnson as well. But my understanding is they might go for two forwards anyway, Toby. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went for him as well. Obviously, they're happy with Ollie Watkins centrally now, who looks a different player under Emery. It really does. And But someone like Diaby, yeah. They have got the likes of Bundir and Leon Bailey, but I think someone like Diaby would be a step above them. I really do. And I think that's why they're going for him. And yeah, we'll see this one progressing. But th- this one's got real legs. Villa, Villa uh, although Bayern by Leverkusen have rejected the offer, Toby, they have remained in talks, which is always a bit of a sign that there's a deal to be had. And yeah, I think this he could be the one that Villa get. I did see a post on social media when Pau Torres was unveiled. A Villa fan had written under Aston Villa's post, did you ever imagine a scenario where you'd see a picture of Unai Emery, Pau Torres and Monkey? And we're talking about Aston Villa. Yeah. And they're kind of thinking, you know, 12 months ago, where were we? Now it's Steven yeah. Gerrard in charge. Things were not great. Um, and they're but obviously now in Europe and they're, they're, they're really going to try and challenge the status quo, the top six, aren't they? Because as you say, they've got the money to do so. Yeah, Wes Edens and, um, I'm sorry, I forget Nassar, I forget his second name. They really are very, very rich. They're most of the richest owners in the Premier League and they're willing to back Emery. I like what Villa are doing. And we talk about recruitment all the time, Toby. But I, when I talk about recruitment, I talk about off-field as well. It's about the manager. It's about the director of football. So head of fo- president of football operations. I love that title for Munchie. It's great. Let him take control. He's one of the best operators in Europe. Unai Emery, one of the best managers in Europe. Villa, one of the biggest clubs in Europe there could be. This is a huge, huge club. One of the biggest clubs in England. It, it, the, the ground's already there. Training ground. Everything's already there. Um, there are two or three signs. You know, if they get Diaby and then go on again and get a couple more, Toby, yeah, they're going to be being talked about for top four easily. Easily. Um, when we talk about like, so United, not like what they're doing in the summer, Newcastle really struggling to get players off the of, off of wage bill. Tottenham, who knows what they're going to do. I think there's a real opportunity there for Villa to push top four next season. I really do. Be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, we didn't have Manchester United in our running order, but you've just referenced them there. I just want to quickly touch on Fred yeah. and the interest that he's got. What's the situation? United willing to let him go, are they? Um, and if so, who are the front runners at this stage for him? Yeah, he's one of the seller blasts along with McTominay, Eric Bay. You know, he's on a list of half a dozen players who can go. United want over 20 for him. Clubs aren't paying, offering that just yet. We saw Fulham linked. With him, and they had an interest, but as as we've spent as we've spoken about there, Andre Trindadi, the Fluminese, the Brazilian national, looks like they're going for him, and they've been linked after others as well. Galatasaray have had a bid rejected, we understand that is in standard as of this morning. Um, Saudi Arabian interest as well in Fred, and I think United would ideally like him to go there because they can get rid of his wages in full and maybe not make money on him because he costs a lot of money, but get some good money back. Yeah, it looks like he he might be the first at the door. United and get some half decent money back in for him, yeah. But we it'd be interesting to see where he goes on United's Tour of America. I'm not sure he will. Well, another team who absolutely have to be in the top four given their level of spend this summer is Arsenal. 
Uh, one all draw yesterday in their first preseason game. And still looking to reinforce in midfield, Graham. Declan Rice on the way. We expect that to be confirmed imminently, as we said at the start of the show. But they also have a target in Brazil, this untapped market that uh, everyone's looking to exploit. There's a 23-year-old midfielder that Arsenal are looking at. Can you tell us who it is and how far down the line Arsenal are with this one? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I've, I've seen people say this is the midfield target. I don't think this is the midfielder target. I think this might be... He's been described to me by contact in Brazil as a William-type player. He can do everything everywhere. So he could play centre mid. He could play right, left wing. Um, the boy is called Bitello. He's 23 at Gremio. Edu's contacts have put this together. There's, there's representatives working on behalf of Arsenal. Travelled out to Brazil this week. So um, the watch has been action. Talks are ongoing. Less than 10 million talking here, Toby, for this 23-year-old. Very similar situation to when they signed Gabriel Martinelli from Ituanu. It's a player in Brazil, but he's under the radar there. And this similar to this guy. Um, they like him a lot. But I say, I don't think that, I, I said on the show before, I think Arsenal might go for another midfielder. As and when Thomas Partey leaves, which we think he'll still he'll still be moved out. So if Partey does go, I still think they're in the market for a, for a Lavia-type player. I think this Bitello would be, not saying it's quite one for the future because he's 23, but I think he comes in and he could easily usurp a Vieira or a Trossard quite quickly. I think the same has been a jack-of-all-trades, you know. Um, will, will it put a question mark over someone like Smith Rose future, maybe? Um, might he be available for loan? Wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, um, they like this lad a lot. And um, officially, they yet to come out and say anything on him. But yeah, um, they are working on it. Not a surprise, really, to see Arsenal dipping back into the Brazilian market. They signed Marquinhos from Sao Paulo mm. last year, didn't they? And Edu, obviously very well connected. So... And what's eight million? Eight million? It's eight million euros, I think. To I'm oh, sorry, eight point five million pounds. What can you buy in England for that? You can't. It's an average championship player or a lower championship player for that. Well, we will see over the coming weeks and days whether or not Arsenal get that one wrapped up. That is it for today's show. A, a short, sweet two-man show for you. But before we jet off, just a quick reminder to please subscribe to the show on all of your major podcast platforms. You can keep up to date with all of the latest transfer stories and to please follow us on our socials if you like listening to what we've got to say at toby underscore cudworth and at graham bailey on twitter and at graham b bailey if you are on threads which i am still not on i know i said on tuesday's podcast that i would join the hundred million that have done so i have not but uh, 90 min underscore football for all of the 90 min social channels. And if you want to read all of the stories that we've discussed on today's show, you can do so at 90min.com forward slash talking transfers. Graham, thank you very much as always. We will see you next Tuesday. And thank you very much for listening. We'll see you soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.